Hello, friends. You're listening to the Sound Off Podcast. My name is Nate Laux, and I'm your host. Sound Off is a community conversation show that airs each Monday and Friday live on 96.7 The Eagle in LaPorte, Indiana. And while podcasts don't allow for live interaction, we are still grateful to have you listening and engaged. So please help us out by subscribing and rating the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening from. Share the podcast with your friends and enjoy today's conversation. Welcome to this podcast, the Sound Off from October 22nd, 2021 with your host, Nate Laux. Nate's guest today is LaPorte County Prosecuting Attorney John Lake. Now here's your host, Pastor Nate Laux. Hello, friends. Today is Friday, October 22nd, and this is Sound Off. My name is Nate Laux, and I'll be your host as we have a community conversation with LaPorte County Prosecuting Attorney John Lake. Now, if you have a question for Prosecuting Attorney John Lake, Call or text the Liquor Vault on air line at 219-362-0522 or email me at soundoff at 967theeagle.com. But first, it's time for On This Day in History. It was on this day in 1962, my mother would have been only two years old, then President John F. Kennedy gave a televised speech announcing that U.S. spy planes have discovered Soviet missile bases in Cuba. These missile sites under construction but nearing completion housed medium-range missiles capable of striking several major cities in the United States, especially including Washington, D.C., the center of our government. President Kennedy, knowing the gravity of the situation, looked into the television camera and said this to the American people. He said, my fellow citizens... Let no one doubt that this is a complex and dangerous effort on which we have set out. No one can see precisely what course it will take or what costs or casualties will be incurred. Many months of sacrifice and self-discipline lie ahead. Months in which our patience and our will be tested. Months in which many threats and denunciations will keep us aware of our dangers. But the greatest threat of all will be to do nothing. America's response to the Russians and Cubans was to quarantine all offensive military equipment under shipment to Cuba, increase the degree of surveillance, regard a possible attack launched from Cuba as a Soviet attack, reinforce the Guantanamo Bay naval base, call for a meeting of the organ of consultation, call for an emergency meeting of the United Nations Security Council, and demand that Russian Premier Nikita Khrushchev cease his current course of action. It was just a little less than a week later on Saturday, October 27th, after much deliberation between the Soviet Union and Kennedy's cabinet, Kennedy secretly agreed to remove all missiles set in Turkey and possibly southern Italy, the former on the border of the Soviet Union, in exchange for Khrushchev removing all missiles in Cuba. While the crisis was over, the mistrust between Russia and the United States was still evident and would continue for many years to come fueling the, the Cold War, and some of the conflict we're still in today. And this is today's On This Day in History. Today we have Prosecuting Attorney John Lake on the show. So glad to have you with us listening and, and contributing. If you have a question for John Lake, call or text the Liquor Vault on the airline at 219-362-0522 or email me at soundoff at 967theagle.com. John, how are you? I'm doing great. How was your week? It was, uh, it was a good week. 
All right, let's get into the thick of things. We got a lot of topics. I'm sure our callers have things that are, are they're going to want to talk about. But on the on the minds of many people, there are a few issues going on locally that I'm sure again people are going to want to talk about. Um, first, can you? I know there's some things you can't say, can't say, but can you give an update on the Judah Morgan case? It is shocked, offended, and hurt so many local residents. You know, I, I know your office has decided to charge uh, multiple charges to the parents. Where's your office at on this, and, and and how did you make sense of all of this? Well, I mean, it's yeah, it's very very disturbing when when you have a, a four year old um, who dies at the hands of his his uh, father, um, but that the abuse ha- had gone on for quite a while. So, I mean, obviously we have pending charges. I can't really get into. Talking about the case, other than that, we have pending charges that we filed against uh, the father uh, for murder and are asking for a life sentence without parole. Um, that's called the LWAP. Um, and then we've we've also charged uh, his mother uh, as well. And the investigation's ongoing. You know, we, you know, the first thing that that you look at uh, as a prosecutor. Uh, in an investigation is how does this happen? And so, you know, we're reviewing um, and and it's an ongoing investigation because we're trying to figure out uh, how does a child who's not been in the home for four years get put back in the home and two months, two months later having the uh, termination of that oversight happen without some sort of, you know, uh, there has to be some um, something more to it. I think that you know. So we're looking into the, that issue. Uh, yeah, th- these questions aren't foreign to you or your office right now either. No, I mean you you see it across. I, you know, you know, as as the uh, head of the child fatality review team, we we deal with. We have to review every child death under eighteen, um, and so obviously this is one. There's a there's you know we have fatalities, and one of the things we've been focusing on. Um, is sudden infant death syndrome where where people, you know, they used to call it crib death or SIDS. And, you know, that's something we've been working on very hard to get the message out uh, about how to properly place a baby uh, and and so that they sleep so they sleep safely. Uh, You know, and, you know, knock on wood, uh, we have not had a safe sleep death uh, in our county, when uh, in the last year, going through last November, I think was the last one we had. Um, so it's been you know 11 months that we've been working on that message from as part of that committee. Uh, you know, the DCS deals with with the children uh, in the home. Uh, my APS units deals with people over 18, you know, special needs or adults, uh, endangered people. So you know we. DCS gets uh, so much more money than than APS. Uh, I, I every time I see a legislator, I I, I get on them. I'm like, you know, they get six hundred million dollars. We get five million for the entire state. You know, it's versus six. You know, so it's like we need more money uh, to do what we know because you get people uh, from our end of financial exploitation uh, and people lose their life savings and we, you know, so there's been a whole thing we've talked about previously. But you know, the the first sense is is the horrific tragedy uh, when, when something like this happens. And we're becoming more and more mindful of, of the trauma uh, that causes not only to first responders, you know, pe- people that actually have to go and respond, but, you know, the prosecutors, my staff, of dealing with, with these issues and, and looking at these pictures and having to review uh, stuff. It's kind of something that 
I think because of the remote working and, and, and the ongoing thing, it's become more and more, we're becoming more trauma-informed uh, through our investigations and, and just how we handle it and deal with that because you, know, you, you kind of get to the point where you get burnout um, and, and desensitized to it a little bit and also just to the point like, all right, you know, is what I'm doing even working or is it helping? So Yeah, so, so take me through a little bit of what you think i'd love to get your opinion on this obviously this is this is just your opinion john like um as a citizen and as somebody that's informed by this but last episode we talked about indiana having the highest amount of uh deaths for children from abuse and neglect out of any any state in the union you know we're we're talking about why this might be these kind of things you know from where you sit what would you policy is a big deal, right? What would you maybe suggest that legislators look into on some of those things or maybe change the system to help some of those things? Well, and and, and some of those arguments I've had and, you know, with uh, just the push that DCS is to always, uh, and I understand, to try and keep families together. But there is a point where if you have an abusive relationship, you have to get that person out of that relationship. And, and a child cannot choose. And so DCS is, is, the, is the entity that we've, we've slated in, in Indiana with, with overseeing that. And, and, you know, there's a hotline, and if you are required, if you notice child abuse, you, that there's a statute that you have to re- report it. Um, and that's the disturbing thing is that, you know, a lot of people don't want to get involved. Uh, and, and I always tell them, listen, call. You know, because the worst the worst thing is you do nothing and something happens to that child that's adverse. Uh, and if 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 it's everything's okay, you know, there should be there should be no one that that should be offended where someone's coming to check on your children to make sure that they're okay. A lot of people do. We, and there's a lot of conspiracy theorists out there. There's a lot of um, anti-government. There's a lot of you know uh, anti-criminal justice system, anti-judges, anti-prosecutors, anti-police uh, talk. But at the end of the day, you need that criminal justice system to do the right thing. And, and I know that, you know, yeah, we have adverse results. People, people break. And I think that's where we're, we're starting to look at the trauma on people. And, and why does a person who otherwise was a, maybe a good police officer, a good person, why, how did they snap? You know? And I think that's where we have to look in the mental health is a, is a huge problem. Uh, mm-hmm. in, in America, and and that's something that you know I'm I'm very proud of that Mary has worked uh, with Circuit Court to create Mary, your wife, my, yeah, Mary, yeah. and and your your number two, really. I mean, well, you guys are partners in so chief, many ways. Yeah, yeah. Chief is, she's not my chief deputy. Yeah, that's but, that's Mary, back then, yeah. but uh, yeah, she is she is um, uh, my confidant, whatever you want to call her. I would argue you're better half. She is, yeah, much better. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, she is, she is, yeah, on, on so many ways because you know I I have one way of dealing. With stuff, I'm blunt. I'm, you know, Mary is more diplomatic, and but she's doing some work on this. Well, yeah, she she works. She does the juvenile side of things, um, and and so they you know, what they have, what they created was a family recovery court. Our office is not involved in that. Mary's not involved in family recovery court. That's with Chins. We don't do Chins. That's the DCS. You know, that's Chins as children in need of services, and and their whole focus. And and I don't think it's such a bad idea, but you got to pick and choose is always trying to you know get the child back in with the parents but sometimes those parents are not capable of doing it and and i think sometimes they err 
too much on the side of trying to reunite um maybe and that's that you know that would end, lend to that statistic because that's the only thing you can think of if they're if they're you know getting them out and then six months later you know sometimes addicts don't change um and they they clean up for a while but where where, where i look at is if you're going to reunite them where's the oversight after that where are the spot checks where are those things and and how are you going to do that i think that's if they want to focus on making this better uh and doing the right thing just as a citizen i think you should have more of the follow-up more spot checking because people are good to put on an act but if you just show up and and say hey how are things going you're going to see a different different uh, sure. nature of how, how how things are going in the home um and i think one of the biggest problems we've had is that obviously not being in school last year with the pandemic, much of the reporting for child abuse happens in the schools because children come in, either they're disclosing to their friends, friends saying, hey, you know, Sally has a bruise and, you know, she's talking about her dad hit her or whatever. Uh, those type of things are getting disclosed to counselors or, or teachers or the, or the, you know, SROs, your um, uh, school resource officers. Uh, so there's a lot, there's a lot of things at play um, and I'm not familiar with the statistic of that, us being the most abused, but I'm, I'm like, I can see why if they're trying to do it, if they're trying to do the, a, a good thing, but sometimes it may be too soon uh, because, you know, we might have criminal charges still pending. And we have had that, that where we're, we're um, butting up against each other where they want to reunite and we're like, no, 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 no. We still have a criminal charge against this person. And so how do you, how do you deal with that? Uh, it, you know, so, and there's a work in progress. We have an MDT, which is a multi, you know, dimensional team that we deal with with DCS and our office and uh, our you know our CAC Doonbrook um, that deals with all of the the abuse and those type of things so it, there's no right answer but but it, but but what's mixed in with it is things that we deal with which is mental health issues um, and I was talking about that with Mary is that you know we had we have the only juvenile uh, wellness court which is basically a mental health court here in Indiana and it's it was started uh, you know uh, with our our participation um, and that's what Mary does she, she she works on that which is basically and we had our first graduate last week which is great to see somebody who was going down the wrong path and, and becoming uh, would have been considered to be maybe a, a juvenile at risk of, of going into a you know a life of crime or being a systemized or you know uh, something and seven months later now a straight A student and is on the path to, you know, now has can cope with the aggression that she was feeling or however that that issue was. Um, and so it's a, it's a really great thing. I, I'm hoping that we can move that forward to mental health court because we have a lot of people that are in the criminal justice system mm -hmm. that we don't know what to do with. And we really need to, to adopt that for adults. We've got John Lake on the show today. Thank you so much for listening. We've got some callers we're going to get to in a second, but we got to take our first commercial break. If you have a question for uh, the prosecuting attorney, you're welcome to call us at 219-362-0522. Email us at soundoff at 967theeagle.com, or again, you can text us as well, 219-362-0522. We're going to take a real quick break and get back to your callers. Thank you so much for waiting. Keep it right here on 96.7 The Eagle. Welcome back, friends. Glad to have you listening on Sound Off today. It's the second segment, so we're going to open up the phone lines now. If you've got a, a question for uh, Prosecuting Attorney John Lake, give me a call, 219-362-0522, or shoot me a text, and I'd be happy to ask him. Let's get to our first caller. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for waiting. What's your question for John Lake? Thank you for coming on here today, Mr. Lake, to answer questions. Um, 
my question, well, first, I, I think you've done an outstanding job. You're probably one of the best prosecutors you had going back to probably Bob Shalaki that I can remember. Um, my question today, according to the news, Mr. Haney sent you a private email. I'm, a, I'm, I'm guessing it was private or confidential. And then you took it upon yourself to forward it to Shaw Friedman. Um, I, I just, what's the reasoning behind that? And it's getting hard enough to find candidates in this kind of support and then things like that happen, which is why we voted for Joe Haney and Tim Stables. Thank you, sir. Yeah, will you uh, please explain kind of maybe the broader situation that's going on here? Because I know, yeah, I know that, that, you got sucked in, into the whirlwind a little bit. Right. That's actually not a correct statement that it was a private. He sent me a email from his governmental uh, thing asking a question, which was a follow-up in response to an email I'd sent out um, regarding an inquiry, uh, a claim that, uh, that there was... Um, a criminal action, and, they, and I reviewed it, and we were going to, you know, ask for evidence on the case, and just reviewing what the basis of they, what they're saying the criminal action was, uh, it, they had misinterpreted the statute, and it didn't apply. So I had replied out to all of the uh, commissioners and uh, to Mr. Friedman and Mr. Guy DiMartino to let them know, and to the person that had sent it, um, here's here's my position. This is why this is not a crime, and that this is uh, not applicable. In response to that, Mr. And he then responded to me, um, and I, I really wasn't paying attention that he had sent it to me alone because he, he, he had just asked some questions, but that really wasn't that important. Um, it was also just asking about, in this situation, you know, would this be fraud or misappropriation? Uh, I responded to him with more in-depth case law. I had responded to the first, you know, inquiries regarding based on the statutory law, and I re responded to Mr. Haney um, and in regard to that, in, in the ongoing time frame that there were multiple, multiple emails that were sent making more and more allegations uh, towards me and to other, uh, uh, you know, Mr. Friedman and, and things of the nature that, uh, you know, I, I uh, didn't respond to all of them, but I thought it would be best that, that I had gone in and answered some of these other questions that were being posited by this, uh, uh, the citizen. And uh, that person, um, you know, I had responded to, and I thought that Mr., the, the email that I had sent to Mr. Haney responding to his inquiry of why that uh, this is not fraud or misappropriation when, when a person, and it basically deals with the county attorney and the statutes, uh, that when they're appointed and the inference is that they, they can, you know, unless there's a written contract setting out certain, you know, different issues and, and limiting, they have really, a, a county attorney has unlimited scope to deal with any of the issues that of the business, not just legal, because uh, that's in court, but also the business interests of the of the county. Anything that touches upon it, you know, that could be from streets, roads to uh, government, uh, you know, oversight. It could be, um, you know, the EPA thing they're talking about, or or you know, environmental issues. All different things, businesses coming in. All that can be within the province of the county business. Um, and so I, I had expounded on that with case law to Mr. Haney, and then in, in light of those emails that I had gotten subsequent to my response uh, to all of them. I thought it, it was something that Mr. Friedman should have, that he could then uh, know what I had also responded in response to this inquiry, that here's what my thought process was. Um, and I, I assume that, you know, the county attorney, I don't represent the commissioners. Uh, I, so I usually correspond with attorneys. Uh, so I sent it to him, uh, assuming that he would share that with all of the uh, commissioners. 
I have no problem providing uh, those emails to anyone because uh, that's the, the thought process on it. So it wasn't something I, I shared uh, confidences of uh, Mr. Haney. Um, he's a government official. He's sending me something on a government email. And, uh, yeah, so that's kind of my response. So if I'm hearing this right, the implication is that you sent something to maybe uh, the county attorney to give him a heads up or something? Is this what the yeah, implication no, is? I, 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 don't understand. I don't really know what Mr. Haney's uh, alleg... I saw... I, somebody told me about this, so I watched the meeting last night. Uh, I plan on being at the next commissioner meeting to address Mr. Haney directly uh, if the uh, commissioner's uh, president will allow me to do that because I think, um, you know, he asked under what universe that a prosecutor would do this. This was not uh, something where he was asking a question uh, about the law and I was responding about the law. Uh, There's not a specific allegation of fraud or misappropriation. It was just in general. Uh, and so I was responding that basically, uh, unless there's a written contract or you can show specific instances of fraud or misappropriation, him just working and building on things that, that deal with county business is not illegal. And, you know, that's just what the law is. Um, and so I think they're, they're misinterpreting many uh, statutes and, and truly trying to, to look for something that's, that's not there. If you have, we've got prosecuting attorney john lake on the show if you have a question for the prosecuting attorney you're welcome to call us at 219-362-0522 that's the liquor vault on airline you can also text me 219-362-0522 or give me an email at sound off at 967 theeaglecom hey i want to talk a little bit of briefly because again this is a, a headline kind of thing that we see a lot a lot of people talking about it so one of the things that is happening obviously is um based on what the roles are, the constitutional roles of, of our county elected officials. So were you asked, is it within the purview of an auditor or the commission to decide who gets paid what? Or, you know, do you have an opinion on that? Is that, you know, something that the auditor can do? Um, well, he, I, as, I, I can just tell you that, that I can respond from my position uh, as pr elected prosecutor. Uh, we're, we're, I'm a state office. Um, I'm not a county office. I don't come under the purview of the county. Uh, and so, you know, we had an argument when I first started um, with the auditor uh, then and in the payment of, of some bills that and really what it comes down to is, is under the statute, if there's an executive that has authorized payment of a claim, that claim gets paid. And it's the province of the auditor just to show that, okay, we, we've got the proper paperwork here, this claim has been approved, now goes to the treasurer and gets paid. Um, and so there, there have been some, uh, I, I, don't, I don't wanna get into all the different sure. issues or uh, 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 with the auditor, um, but, but there have been some uh, you know, bills that haven't been paid this year in a timely manner for my office, and I questioned that. I'm like, well, how can this be? How can, how can we not have things being paid on time? Um, and you know, with, with the, the issue of, you have to understand something. When you're starting to talk about, you're not talking about a, a department head, you're not talking about an employee when they're talking about, you know, Mr. Friedman as the county attorney. They're talking about an attorney. An attorney represents the client. And, and normally they're in the, you know, as an attorney, I am, uh, if I was representing you, I'd be telling you what you do, here's the issues, and this is what we're going to look at. You're not going to be telling me what to do, you know, unless you want to have a written contract and say, we only want you to do litigation. And, and going back, there was a split sometimes in the, in the county attorney work. You had people who just did commission work. You had people just did litigation. 
litigation, like Mr. Jalegi and, and Mr. Friedman would split it and do different things. So there were there were were tasks that were divided up, but but it, you get into a, an issue of attorney-client privilege. Um, you know, there are there are cases that M- Mr. Friedman's representing people in my office. You know, giving legal representation as county employees uh, because the deputy prosecutors are represented by the attorney general, but my employees, my staff, is represented. So there are there are times where he has to step in and, and represent them because he, you know, I don't represent my staff, and so if they have issues or whatever, he represents them. And in, in that context. Um, you know, it becomes the province, you know, I don't, I, he talks to my employees and I don't, I don't get involved. Um, and so that, that happens, you know, on certain occasions, uh, and he has the, the ability as an attorney, I'm not going to tell him what to do. Uh, but there is a, a give or take. And I always, you know, there's a question why, why didn't I, uh, contact, you know, this department head over that? I, I'm an attorney. I deal with attorneys. I don't deal with their clients. It's unethical for me to go and, and start, you know, but if somebody contacts me, I'm going to respond to them. And at that point, it gets the, you know, where I, I think like with Mr. Haney, I'm like, well, here's an email that I think Mr. Friedman should know about because it expounds on the law and it deals not just with legal representation. It was dealing with all the interest, anything that that, that is county business uh, and not just like business, economic business, but anything that would, would entail like environmental or whatever, streets, lights, doesn't matter within the county. He has a right of it, you know, and that it's again, it comes down to the commissioners. They can hire whoever they want as county attorney. I really don't care who the county attorney is. Okay. Um, frankly, I, I believe that that the county attorney right now gives good representation. That's just my personal opinion. I have nothing, you know, and I think Mr. Haney is trying to look at tea leaves or, or something else. When he starts trying to question my integrity, um, I have a problem with that. And, and I'm going to respond to him directly. And I, I think when he, he, he doesn't understand my province, I deal in the world of reality and truth and facts. And I have to uh, protect the integrity of the criminal justice system as well. So if you start saying that we're doing something, there's something I did that I shared something, you know, this is not a situation where there's a specific allegation of crime. And, and, and guess what? When there is, sometimes we do contact the defendant to get a statement. This is something, if, if it's fraud or misappropriation, it, it's something that's going to be there no matter what happens. I'm not really worried about something disappearing because if you have the checks and you have the, the bills and you can look into it, it's not something I'm, I'm worried about. So that wasn't, the, the, there was no referral of a criminal nature. I think that was referred to. There was not. It was a question about would this be in the province? And, I, and basically my response is no. There's, there's not going to be a fraud or misappropriation in this, this realm of anything he's billing for that deals with county business. Now, if he's dealing with something that he's talking about, uh, which is a private client, and he's representing them and he's billing the county, that's a different thing. I'm like, you know, bring forward something of that nature. But if you're dealing with, with that, and I think, you know, there's this push and there was this, this little flyer that I got. And I looked at that and I'm like, well, that's a violation of the law because, first of all, you can't send out a political message like that without being a, a registered pack. There was no registration of, you you know, uh, let's go branded or whatever it was called. Um, there is no pack there. So that's actually a crime uh, that, that we're going to, my investigators are going to be looking into uh, the aspect of who sent that and see if we can figure out who did because it, it, it is a crime to do something of that nature. Um, and so there, there, are, there are certain things that I look at as, is something a crime, is it not, you know, and and what are the facts and sometimes things aren't a crime and they'll never become a crime and so there's no you know i think people should know that so 
All right. So we've got prosecuting attorney John Lake on the show. If you've got a question, 219-362-0522. We're going to take our final break here of the of the show and get back to a couple more minutes of the show. Thank you so much for listening and keep it here on 96.7 The Eagle. Welcome back, friends. Just a couple of minutes left on today's show. Thank you so much for listening and be a part of the conversation. We've got John Lake on the show. Here's a text that came in. Why would the Let's Go Brandon Mailer be a crime? It seems to be an opinion protected under free speech. <laughs> well, because there are laws that, that cover political speech. So the first thing you have to determine is, is that is that advocating for or against a, a political thing? I, I'm reading it myself. I, I believe it is. You're advocating for the firing or, or, the, or the, you know, against the counselor or commissioner. So I think it's it's something that loosely is, is covering a political issue, uh, clearly. But secondly, under that, there are certain requirements where if you're sending something out um, and you're not sending it out, if it's sent out by, let's say, John Lake, you know, this paid for by John Lake, there's nothing wrong. Paid for by Brandon, who's Brandon? You know, and so Brandon is really kind of a, a, a catch. I found I didn't know what it was and, until somebody told me. Um, and, and then uh, you are, if you're doing that as a political action committee, that's what this would be constitute. You have to actually file. Uh, downstate as a political action committee or in the clerk's office if you're a, uh, you know, if you want to do sometimes of these mailers. So you do get run afoul of uh, the political and, and the statutes that deal with political campaigning and advocating for or against a political position. So free speech is one thing, but not all political speech is free speech, correct? Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, you can you can say whatever your opinion is, but when you mail it out to a million people, like if you post it up as a joke or a, th- a thing, that's one thing. But to actually spend the money and print these off and then send them out to everybody, you know, I got one and I'm finding out that, that, that you know, more more people are uh, talking about it. Uh, that's an advocation uh, of a political position and, and it's on behalf of one side versus the other. Um, you know, ultimately we may look at it and look at the law and say, Hey, this doesn't constitute a political position. It, it's you know, it, it's just a advocating for you know a county just having created a county attorney. I don't know. I'm just saying when I got it and it says paid for by Brandon, you know that may be a joke or whatever. But this is then it comes to well, wait a second. This could be political speech, and if it's political speech, who is Brandon and? And we're running out of time. All right. Well, thank you so (laughs) much. Uh, Thank you again for being on the show. I I appreciate you coming back on always and and talking about what's happening in the in the community. I'll give you the final word, uh, prosecutor. What what do you want people to know? Well, I I, I just want people to know that, you know, it. We are very, transparency is very important to me in my office. And so when anyone will go out there and impugn me or my motives uh, for doing something, you know, I, I'm going to respond uh, because I don't have those motives. I don't care about the politics. It doesn't matter to me who's on the commission, who's on the, the county attorney. You know, we're always just trying to, to make sure that we're getting to the truth and we're charging people who are committing crimes and doing it the right way. Um, and when there's not a crime involved and somebody asks me a question or says, it in we're going to respond and i think that adding that information out there um to whoever uh you know maybe i should have sent it to all the commissioners or whatever but you know i responded to mr haney and and uh i guess he hasn't shared it i don't know all right well thank you so much for being on the show again thank you so much for listening i want to thank jeff woogazer for producing and editing today's show if you ever miss an episode of sound off you can find it online on hometownnewsnow.com or go wherever fine podcasts are found hey we're going to be back on monday we've got mayor tom dermody on the show if you've got a question again let us know be good to yourself be good to others and keep listening to 96.7 the eagle 
Thank you for joining us and voicing your opinion on this edition of Sound Off. The views on Sound Off are those of the host or callers and do not represent the opinion of 96.7 The Eagle, Spoon River Media LLC, or the sponsors. Sound Off airs every Monday and Friday at 1230. Please mark your calendar and join us again for the next edition of Sound Off on 96.7 The Eagle. Thank you for listening to the Sound Off podcast at 96.7TheEagle.com.